Hey guys, how's everybody? Doing well. I am sitting in while I'm about to sit on a bench. Hopefully, nobody else in the process sits down on this bench, but in the Hyde Park, which is it's really fucking nice. I think I quite like to live a little bit more central and um, potentially run around this park. I remember doing relays here. It was ages and ages and ages and ages ago though and I don't think I ran very well. Um but yeah look I'm in central London. Um I have a bit of time to kill. I think I've got like an hour or just over an hour. I was um in a place called the London Clinic, which is anyone that knows central London is I think it's Devonshire Place, it's one side of London and um basically I've got another appointment for a camera testing and it's the other side of London which is Royal Brompton and so when I checked out the journey time it just made sense to walk I think it was three mile and I'm not gonna oh I will run on the treadmill um, doing a official run I suppose you could say so um made sense to just walk and the sun's shining and it's really quite beautiful um but yeah, no, look, this is this is a what probably could be a stressful week, but also to kind of put it in perspective, I've had breathing problems my whole life, which probably like because we can't put ourselves into anybody else's body. There's probably people listening. It's like, like course you have breathing problems. Running's really difficult. Breathing, I'm like I kind of get that. So I kind of get that. Um, running is just it's when you're running, breathing can be difficult, and that's one of let's say the limiting factors. I guess I just don't know if I struggle a little bit more than others. So, and and I don't mean that uh, in a boohoo way. I just I guess we're gonna find out today if there's something else going on that like has potentially caused me to find breathing in particular pretty tough. Um, so I think, I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely very lucky in a lot of other aspects of running when it comes to like resilience and durability and even just my mental approach and how hard I'm willing maybe to push myself or things like this. I'm, uh, I'm pretty um, robust and, and, you know, I know a lot of people that are pretty injury prone and, and they suffer from that. And so we all have things that, you know, hinder progression and, it's certainly not a boohoo because I have for if I have a couple of ailments, um, and, and certainly one has always been breathing. You know, there's plenty of there's plenty of upside, and there's um, plenty of things that have probably made up for that in the past. Um, apologies if it's a little bit breezy, but um, we'll just have to make do. So, no, look, I thought I'd do a podcast today. I watched the European Championships at the weekend. I thought it was really great to see competition um, back again, and it, it was it was fun. I how good is Jakob to watch? Like that kid's just absolutely phenomenal to watch. Really interesting. To, um, I think the statistic was he has twelve gold medals, and he's twenty years of age. Twelve European gold medals like that. That's that's incredible. That's it's so incredible. It's unbelievable. 
Um, so that was he was super super impressive. I think the way he conducts himself, the way he was able to come back from a like disqualification and probably quite a late night and and still conduct himself really well in the three K heats in the three K final. Um, of course, I had my own interest. Um, my girlfriend Katie was running in the fifteen hundred, which was really great to see. Um, I certainly won't. Um, boohoo story Katie either but to see you know to, to see how hard she works and it was really unfair because I think it was middle of January or start of January that um, Katie hurt her calf a little bit and so spent five weeks um, zero running um, tried to tried to keep fit on the bike if I had to spend five weeks without running and then I had to go to a European Championships, you know, two months later. That would be a concern for me. Like, I, I can't do that. I'm, I'm built on my robustness and I'm built on my consistency. And probably the fact that for years and years and years, I rarely missed a day, which will certainly make having to rest for two weeks after this surgery super interesting. But uh, oh, I thought she was fantastic. It's, it's tough. It's really tough to go to a championship knowing you're not in your best shape, especially when, God, like, bless her, in January, you know, I got a text one day saying, oh, you know, my coach thought that was the best session I've ever did, and it's arguably up there with, you know, the girls that are running four minutes and things like this, and and then to be injured after that session, um, to then have to kind of go backwards and go to a championship knowing you're not in your best shape. That goes out for anybody in athletics or running that, you know, has to go to any kind of race knowing you're not in your sort of best shape. It's it's clearly frustrating. Um but I but I it's gonna take me back to like probably like two thousand and ten and I had to go to a road relay race and I know I wasn't fit. But it didn't matter. I still I still believe there's a purpose, there's a role there's a role you have to play and you have to stand on a start line and you have to accept where your fitness is at and you have to accept whether you've missed time, whether you've had your best build-up ever and you just have to execute like the perfect race for where you're at. And the reason I think that's so important is because if you don't, if you never race because you've never had the perfect build-up, how can you ever expect to execute perfectly on big days like European Championships final, London Marathon, you know, your local park run. Like, basically, the reason you compete when you're not in your best shape is so that you learn how to gauge your fitness, you learn how to execute a race plan, you learn how to make mistakes and then correct them. And and it means that someday when things have gone the way you want them to, as best you can, you know, you don't fuck it up. And so... I thought that was really impressive. It was it was really nice to be able to support from afar, and um, I thought Katie in the heats was brilliant. You know, I guess when you're you're in a heat with only two to qualify, and you know you're in the last heat, and you know what time you can run it, it became all about um, probably sacrificing the the win by leading the whole race, and and everybody knows in fifteen hundred meter running if you lead the whole race. You know, unless your head and shoulders better than the field, you're probably going to get past. And so um, it was nice to see Katie control the race 
at a level that we then put her into the final. And then in the final, just to basically enjoy it. You know, I, I, I mean, it's easier said than done, but I essentially just said, like, why don't you just, you know, let your hair down and, like, just have fun and enjoy it. And if you fuck it up, you fuck it up. Like, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's just about being, trying to be the relaxed, the most relaxed person out there. And I was nervous as shit because it was, it was a scrappy old race. So that was really fun to, to watch that women's 1500 meter final. Um, from a, another perspective, I thought the, um, great British women in the 3K were fantastic. Um, really, really tough competitors and a really competitive race um, in terms of time. And um, there was a big old bunch of girls still with, you know, two or three laps to go. So um, that was very fun. And, and then, you know, I, I think to see the progression of that Irish team and, and how many numbers I think we're putting on teams and then how many athletes are raising their own expectations to make finals and then to be competitive in finals it's um, it's a it's a pretty cool thing and um, so yeah that was that was really cool to watch um, but I, I mean from my own perspective I think it was just really cool to see a championship exist because it makes it look a lot better for the likes of the Olympics um, and yeah like that's obviously exciting and um, something that I desperately, desperately would like to move forward and um, that's what all the training sort of been about and like even planning, you know, the reason I'm not running a marathon in April or the reason I didn't want to run a really fast half marathon. Djibouti was different. I don't know if you guys seen some of the results from Djibouti, but um, the the guys around my ability, and we're, we're talking 61-minute half marathon guys, 60-minute half marathon guys, um, they were running 66, 67. And I, I don't think myself and other runners, um, this fucking duck's getting really damn close to me. What a legend. That's a ballsy-ass duck, like. Um, but, yeah, so I don't, I don't think we... And I'm going to say, seldom give credit to... Can you hear how loud that motherfucker is? What a beast. Um, yeah, I don't think we give the weather enough credit um, when it contributes to fast times or slow times. Um, so essentially, the weather in Djibouti was 30 degrees Celsius and 85% humidity. And I guess I can moan about it as much as I want because not an excuse because I wasn't there so nobody's going to give me a hard time for saying God Scully was whining a lot about his excuses for that shitty half marathon um, but it's why I didn't want to be there because look I knew it wasn't going to be fast um, I, I probably would have expected to run about 64 but in hindsight I, I probably should have aimed for like 65 if you go and look at the results You'll see Hassan Chadi, 65. You'll see Florian Carvalho, 67. These little fuckers are going off. Um, and so you're going to see these results. And I guess in hindsight, when the gun went, you probably should have been thinking like 65. But I was probably in about 62-minute shape. Maybe 61-something. Um, obviously, I don't know that for a fact because I haven't trained at sea level for a while. But that's roughly what I would say in my training um, seven weeks of altitude, blah, 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 might suggest. Um, and yeah, I might have had to aim for a time 
three minutes slower. slower. Four minutes slower. Yeah, four minutes slower. Wild. And who gives weather that credit? Who like sits down and says, "Okay, I'm going to allow four minutes today." We're all just like I don't. I don't think the word's greedy. Maybe we're optimistic. The amount of times I've stood on start lines of marathons and spoke with the elite field, and you know, I've sort of said, "Right, I'm going to aim for like." three four minutes slower today and other people have been like nah nah it's not that bad and then i pass them about mile 12 and i realize yeah you fucked up weather's a big deal weather really is a big deal so um yeah credit to that but yeah my, my year's planned around the olympics like i said i i chose not to race a marathon i, I chose not to like a really fast half like you know there was the rack half marathon that did eventually get cancelled but these are the kind of races that I chose not to run because um, I essentially understand how much maybe maybe like a lot of things are in your head. When I when I pulled out a Djibouti half marathon, my head fucking dropped hugely. I started eating way more chocolate. Um, you know, I started drinking bottles of Diet Coke, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but my focus just drops very fast. I think I had chips for dinner, things like fish, fish, chips, and eggs, chicken, chips, and eggs. I just went back to the classic that I would have as a kid, because it's fucking delicious. It was fantastic. Like, homemade. Um, still not the healthiest thing that you should be eating in the world, I have to say, but there's so much of it. So much of running is psychology and so much of it's in your head and I think I think we should be less offended when somebody says to us are you sure it's not just in your head and, and you basically take that as them saying you're a fucking liar you're lying this is all made up in your head and that's of course not the case but at the same time so much of it probably is psychological yeah and, and we need to really keep an eye on that so when I decided because and, and I'm going to tell you an example I have felt pretty shit seven or eight days now breathing's been bad i haven't felt good after travel um my aura ring which keeps an eye on things has pretty much told me i've been sort of sleeping pretty shit um energy levels are low my heart rate variability is the lowest it's been etc etc um and so where i'm sort of not that not that i think it's all psychological but the the interesting thing is is that i was trying to run a lap in the park because i'd done seven weeks at altitude because i'd flown back because i thought i was super fit i thought i was going to be able to do a lap of bushy park and the speed and heart rate would be similar to before like london or before larn or things like this and, and i guess it wasn't it was it was it was actually worse my breathing was worse and the heart rate and speed was worse than when I was in Flagstaff, which is so silly because it's 7,000 feet that I should be at least 20 to 30 seconds a mile faster probably. Um, and that could be breathing related, but also look at what I just said. You know, I've been eating shit. I've been sleeping shit. I've been drinking Diet Coke. My attitude's been awful. So... Can you really have the expectation that you're going to go around the lap of the park and feel really good? And, and you know, there can be other things at play, and, and maybe breathing's one of them. But remember that attitude and um, that like psychological approach is way, way, way more important than sometimes we give it credit for. Um, and so, if, if I was listening to myself, and you know, someone said to me, like, "Hang on, you, you're comparing." 
you know, eating chips every night for dinner, you know, no, no, not a great attitude, pizza, chocolate, like a really poor disciplined approach compared with your 10 days leading into London Marathon when you're probably the most focused and most dedicated you've been in your whole career and you want the results to be the same. Probably when you listen to that logically, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. um, Yeah, that's where we're at. The breathing has been pretty bad. Um, And and of course, I'm hopeful that we get some answers about that today. But um, I guess no matter what happens, when the consultations and stuff are finished today, um, I I get to move on. And I guess it starts not a new chapter, but I either move on with um, changes and um, maybe a surgery and, and you know, fix a few things or I move on and have to figure out a different approach that is going to help the breathing. Um, I, I don't know if I'd rush back the altitude because if nothing happens this week and nothing gets fixed or nothing changes, let's call it that, nothing changes, like why would I want to do seven weeks at altitude to come back to sea level to be slower than what I was at altitude and to feel worse than, you know, before I left. And I don't know if that's travel. I don't know if that's tiredness from the altitude camp. But to me, that's unreliable. I can't rely on that. I can't, even if I'm absolutely flying up at altitude and hold on. Yeah, even if I'm flying, even if I'm doing my best sessions ever, um, how can I trust it? When I get off the plane on the other side, that you know things are things are going to be in a good place, and um, I guess that's a risk we all take. Now I'm I'm hoping the reason I'm slow and, and the reason I've been struggling a bit is mainly breathing today, and I expect it will be because I felt my throat pretty bad most days. Um, but look, you can never be sure, and like I say, end of this week I should be able to um, at least cross that bridge when I get there make some decisions about future plans um but look, I'll, I'll not keep you too long i am gonna start doing um i ordered a, a gopro and i know i threatened this before but i am gonna try to um i did a few videos this morning just on my iphone the gopro hasn't arrived yet um but i am gonna start trying to do a bit more um logging what's going on and i guess just like the podcast like um it'll be more of a document and i suppose rather than like there will be specific topics and there will be like some cool things in there that i can add to it but um for the most part it'll, it'll just be like um, hopefully the road to recovery of this week um and then how i you know build from here all the way to the olympics and then you know hopefully some actual like vlogging or whatever it's called like at the olympics and how that is with covid and um, all that kind of things and look appreciate you all listening and i'll i'll leave it there because it is outside and it it might be windy and um, yeah there's there's not a lot really to report i might have to take two weeks off if the surgery does go ahead on thursday and i i never taken two weeks off which is well apart from like an early retirement but i think in the last like five years i've probably taken like three or four days off so that's going to be really interesting but i actually don't care like it's not like i'm like like i don't know an addict or 
success. I just, I just enjoy going for a little run. Wow, that girl in front of me almost like nearly had bird shit on her. And anyone that reads my Twitter knows that. Oh, she's checking her head. Yeah. Anyone that knows, I had a bird poop on me. What? Yesterday? Two days ago? Um, I think yeah, two days ago. Um, like I thought it was a tree branch hit me on the head, and nope, big old bird poop. Um, but there you go. All right. So have a good day, and um, thanks for listening.